Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins Tuesday, January 17th, and today on the show we are reacting to the postseason press conference between head coach Mike McDaniel, general manager Chris Greer, and the South Florida media. You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. Today on the show, we are reacting to the postseason recap press conference with Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, the South Florida media. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on any entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. It's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So, Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, sat down with the media yesterday, and I always look forward to the end-of-year uh, recaps and pressers and kind of get a snapshot of the mentality of, of the brain trust of the team. And, and look, I know I, I mentioned this yesterday, but I am myself self, self-admittedly a very process oriented individual. I am a very um, sample size driven person and we have a sample size now. And, and this Chris Greer tenure uh, as the general manager of the Dolphins we have a, a significant sample size. Uh, the Mike McDaniel era, we have a our first significant sample size. The Tuatunga, <coughs> excuse me, the Tuatunga Valoa era, we also have our first definitive sample size. Uh, the the three year window, right? You, you, the general rule of thumb is through you, any player in their transition to the NFL, you got to give them three years to get an idea on who they are. So what I wanted to do today on the show was go through this postseason recap presser and talk about observations that I had and talk about the answers that were given, because I know that there's a, a lot of fans who are fired up about the way that the season was versus the way that the season finished versus the state of the team and the playoff wind drought extending for another season and all that stuff. So I know there's a lot of emotions uh, of varying degrees across this Dolphins fan base. There's a, there's a lot of passionate fans that are hungry for this team to be more accomplished and, and more respected. And I would certainly hope, you know, the, the performance that the Dolphins put on display against playing against some of the, the upper echelon teams, uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo three times. Uh, I, I would hope that th their respect is something that, that, we're continuing to build brick by brick, right? You think about Cincinnati and and that September showcase and, and Buffalo, the two games in Buffalo that you played and lost by a combined five points. Again, no consolation prize. The Dolphins aren't good enough as a football team right now. Everybody should be able to say that because if your objective is to go nine and eight and make the playoffs and be happy, uh, you, you got big picture perspective that you should strive for more, in my mind. And uh, Chris Greer was asked 
His second question, of course, we, we had to hit him with, with a Byron Jones uh, question right off the jump. The second question that he was asked was if he considered this a successful season, and if so, why? And I'll read the answer that Chris Greer said. I would say successful, but at the end of the team, every team's looking. All 32 teams are trying to get to that ultimate goal. It was successful, but I would say not satisfied. I think to watch the guys compete yesterday, knowing the injuries that we had, we played that team three times. Buffalo, what Coach McDermott, Brandon Bean, and those guys have done is tremendous. I have great respect for them and told them that after the game, for our guys to go out there in that environment with most of the roster that hadn't been in the playoff environment before, to go down 17 and not blink and come back and fight and get into it, and have a chance late in the game to tie it or potentially win. Very excited. We're disappointed we lost, but very excited. So I would say, yes, it was a successful season. Expectations minus reality equals disappointment, right? And I know my expectations for this football team were double-digit wins, playoff berth, and hopefully playoff win. I think the process in a lot of ways was good. Um, and when you are looking at the storylines that we had for the Dolphins before the season and the biggest, most pressing questions, and offensively, the, the inability to move the football that we had for three years under Brian Flores, uh, with the exception being the Chan Gailey, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick spurt there, and then the very end of the 2019 season when when things kind of clicked together. Um, and the question of the performance of the quarterback. Now, there's still questions with the quarterback, unfortunately, but those are health and availability related. They are not rooted in the ability of Tua Tungvaloa to play winning football in the NFL. And, of course, the, the, those questions are coming up here that were asked in this press conference, too. Um, there are boxes that were checked as a part of the process. There were missed opportunities. There were, um, as we said yesterday, margins that, that cost this team dearly. Uh, but that is part of the growth and maturation process. So if the the Dolphins under Stephen Ross are going to remain headstrong and stay committed to the path that they are on, and everybody has an opinion on whether or not that's the right decision or the wrong decision, right? And you're allowed to have whatever your opinion is. But I can definitively look at the roster that's in place and say, this is the most talented talent-rich roster I have seen the Dolphins have in my adult life, and I'm 33 years old. This roster is in a good place. Now, this roster needs to stay healthy, and the team needs to get the right contingencies in place, and there's a number of positions that need to be overhauled. But I think the perspective and, and removing the emotion from it, I think this is an appropriate type of answer from Chris Greer. Successful, yes. You found out definitively you have a quarterback who can play. Now, keeping him healthy is a different story. More on that later. You have definitive talent available on both sides of the football. You have some elite impact difference makers, and you still have a young nucleus of players where you don't know where the ceiling is yet. And you did make the playoffs. And you did overcome tremendous adversity to go down 17 to the Buffalo Bills. And put yourself in that position to win the game. Now, it sucks that the things that cost you all season long are the things that cost you this game. But um, I would generally agree with the assessment from, from Chris Greer. You should not be satisfied with this. 
But if you look at the process and the elements that came into play towards the end of the season, uh, I, I think there was successes to be found here for this Dolphins team. Uh, Chris Greer's next question uh, was a follow-up for Tua Tungvaloa in, in touching base on uh, what Mike McDaniel had been asked after the game. Uh, yesterday, we asked Mike McDaniel about Tua Tungvaloa standing with the team, and he essentially said, yes, we intend to welcome him back as the starter and leader of our team next season. Now, with that being said, I was wondering if you could kind of elaborate on that in, in terms of the offseason. Do you plan to exercise his fifth-year option in terms of long view? Where are you with that? Here's Chris Greer's answer. I would say with Tua, he's our starting quarterback. I don't know how we could say it any more clearly. We've been that way through the season and what he's done and what Mike, Tua, Daryl Bevel, Chandler Henley, the coaching staff have all done. They've worked tremendously hard, all of them together. So Tua, we anticipate him worked with and talking with the doctors and consultants and everyone we've dealt with. We fully expect him back next year, 100% healthy, ready to go. And then we'll get through all those decisions, like I said just like we talk about every other player on the roster. Obviously, I understand because it's Tua, and that's why the question is being asked. We'll go through our process, but he's our starting quarterback and will be next season. Okay, uh, there's some stuff to get into here, uh, specifically as it pertains to how the Dolphins have handled some of these other contract decisions in the past, what it sounds like Chris Greer is alluding to, and we're going to talk about those next here on the show. But before we do, let's tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy done right. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten extra money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. Is you versus the projections available in house? Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, and entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. It is that. Easy with safe and fast withdrawals. It is currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So if you put in $100, they're going to give you another $100. You put in $50, they're going to give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes meet with an expert who will do them for you TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and files so that you can do not taxes literally anything other than taxes show your eyes things that are not taxes unpack a moving box of not taxes taste not taxes sing a lullaby to not taxes hope not taxes sleeps through the night grab a saddle and ride not taxes off into the sunset. You name it. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come visit Tur TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full-service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes is required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com backslash guarantees. So the way that Chris Greer took this affirmed what, what Mike McDaniel said, and I wouldn't expect the messaging to be any differently. And I think that is an important part of uh, the offseason in general and NFL decision makers is this, right? Like they would never come straight out 
and tell you any intentions of anything. So do I think this completely axes the possibility that the Dolphins explore a different option if there was any, a, a different top-tier player at the position that economically would make sense with what they have available? No, I don't. And I don't think it should. You know, it, it's just like the Tyreek Hill thing. You don't go looking for Tyreek Hill, but when the opportunity presents itself to go get Tyreek Hill, you go get Tyreek Hill, right? And with the durability questions of Tua Tungvaloa, if there was a different opportunity that presented itself, knowing that Tua Tungvaloa is entering into a contract year next year, you'd have to at least do your due diligence. And I, I don't think anything that Chris Greer said um, takes that off the table. Now, I think it overwhelming majority makes it likely that we will see the Dolphins go get an insurance policy, a quarterback, and try to run it back, whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody else. Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're looking for a free agent just based on what I expect his market, free agent market looks like, that's probably your best option. And you could say, oh, well, I don't want to spend that kind of money in a backup quarterback. Well, that that's the life you're going to have to live if you want to a tongue of a load of your starting quarterback. You are always going to have to have the number one backup quarterback in the NFL. We have a big enough sample size now, going back to the last two years at Alabama and his first three seasons in the NFL. From the time he's been placed into the starting lineup to the end of the season, he has never not missed a game. At least one game. If we're being honest, that means you have to treat your backup quarterback position differently. And I do not think Skylar Thompson, I have all the respect in the world for the journey that Skylar Thompson took this year and the work that he put in. But if your backup quarterback next year is Skylar Thompson, you have done this team a great disservice in a Super Bowl winning window. That's my opinion. Um, but Chris Greer outlined it. Um, we anticipate him work with and talking with the doctors and consultants and everyone we've dealt with. We fully expect him back next year, 100% ready to go. And then we'll get through all those decisions. Like I said, it's like we talk about every player on the roster. Um, and then we'll get through all those decisions. Now, you have a deadline for two on the fifth-year option that is not after next season. I mean, you have to make that decision this offseason. I would expect it doesn't get exercised. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be back and be the starting quarterback, but it does open, open your, your flexibility long-term. And flexibility is another one of the questions that um, Chris Greer was asked about. Uh, they, they went on to ask several questions about Tua Tungvaloa and, and the recurrence concerns of concussions and uh, the statement from from Chris Greer, I think from our doctors and the consultants that we've talked to through the NFL Players Association is not a true statement that you are susceptible to getting more concussions easier uh, after suffering several. Uh, so for us, I don't think he's any more prone than anyone else. We've just got to get, we're just going through and letting the doctors and medical staff and the people in the field, like you said, that know a lot more from everything we've been told higher frequency of recurrence of concussion specifically is not a concern. Uh, they asked about the helmet that he was wearing. Uh, Mike McDaniel had talked about our plan is to kind of approach it like you do with a young quarterback who's not used to sliding. We have ideas and thoughts on how to help him because that is a consistency that we've noticed is that they're ground-induced impacts. So like everything else, we'll do everything in our power to help coach them 
and that's a new way to attempt to coach. So they're they're effectively going to try to work with two of this offseason based on what Mike McDaniel said yesterday on protecting yourself on your way to the ground, uh, how to protect yourself within the pocket. Talk to Chin, right? Like, don't don't open yourself up to the whiplash effect uh, because they they are not these. Um, what used to be 15 years ago on ESPN, the jacked up segment uh, ahead of Sunday night football, right? Like it's not like jacked up hits. It's we get hit, we go to the ground and when our head hits the ground, we suffer a concussion and, and protecting yourself from that, whether that is an adjusted helmet. And and Chris grew said that his helmet is great as a top three helmet from a concussion perspective. I don't know that that necessarily helps me feel any better about it. Right. Oh, it's a top three head injury graded helmet okay he had two confirmed concussions this year and then an additional some kind of neurological incident uh in week three against buffalo so i don't know from that perspective i don't know that it makes me feel better i i certainly hope the team is going to do all the research that they can to come up with uh, the proper coaching for this effort that it sounds like they're going to make but um i would be lying if i said it it didn't it it didn't have me ready to spend significant dollars on a backup quarterback if this is indeed the path that this team is going to commit to take. You can win football games with Tua. There's no question. But availability is, a, a, is an ability. It's one of the most important abilities. And it's the biggest question mark that we have left. And, and thank goodness it's no longer Kenny play. Can you win with him? Yes. Yes, you can. But you're going to have to protect yourself. Just like he has to protect himself on the field, the team has to protect themselves if this is the path that they indeed choose uh, to commit themselves to. Um, They were asked about coaching staff changes, and Mike McDaniel's response I I thought was an appropriate one. Uh, I think 24 hours ago when they were sitting down doing the press conference, uh, we might have had a lead. Like They were leading the divisional game. Right. One of the things I've found from my experience in the National Football League is that is it very long? Is it is very long? It's very emotional. You're not always you can lend yourself to living with regret if you make any just sort of decisions emotionally. So we're going to go through the process. You've got to kind of let things simmer for really the entire coaching staff, just like you do with players and have communication. But it's going to take a minute. We're just out of it. Good. You know, we in the midst of the losing streak, we're, we're all emotional. We're talking about things now in the grand scheme of things. Do I expect Josh Boyer back next season? No, I don't. Do I expect Danny Crossman back next season? No, I don't. There's going to be player cuts. There's going to be changes. But I would say, you know, the the two coordinators that Coach Mike McDaniel inherited, as this season went, I think it became more apparent that there's opportunity. And look, like, let's talk about Xavier Howard, right? Like, everybody's freaking out about Xavier Howard. You know where Xavier Howard had his best play on Sunday against the Bills? Playing deep third zone coverage. This is a very man-heavy team with Josh Boyer. But if you have the older corners, if you have a stud defense up front, zone coverage, like, think about Pat Peterson. Patrick Peterson played a really long time in Arizona, and he was just this physical freak of a corner. Could lock you down. He goes to Minnesota. And he plays in 
uh, a more zone oriented system. And now magically Pat Peterson, despite the fact he's on the other side of 30 is playing really, really good football right now. Is that a coincidence? No, you're just not asking to mirror guys and play main coverage and get on guys bodies and run with them in eons and eons of space. You have an instinctual player like Xavier Howard. You want to maximize Xavier Howard and his impact as a player, knowing full well that you just gave him a contract extension this past offseason. You want to get the best version of Xavier Howard. Use his football instincts and play him in zone coverage. Don't ask him to mirror guys and play man coverage anymore, especially when you went out and you got Bradley Chubb and you have Jalen Phillips and you're, you're presumably going to have Sealer and Wilkins on the roster next season. Like you, you've got some horses up front to rush the passer. Play zone behind it. Make the schematic change. I think that's the number one point of emphasis for me. Dolphins should be playing a zone-based defense next year. So you could still pressure. You could still bring pressure looks. You'll still play your incidences of man-to-man. But if we're being honest about Xavier Howard, and the, the cornerstones, the, the big money players who are under contract, like Byron Jones, you can get out of after June 1st. We've all talked about it. And you could save yourself significant amounts of money, right? Xavier Howard's going to be here. Javon Holland's going to be here. And he's not a big money player, but he he's, he's played high post safety at Oregon, and, and he played sub down in the slot, down on the second level. And that's where he really shined once you got a chance to move him around, right? And we need to get Javon Holland closer to the football with more frequency. So he's going to have to come down. Uh, Brandon Jones, not another big money player, but a player who lives and thrives in the box. Uh, one of the best pressure players that this team has. Jalen Phillips, not a big money player, but a, a hallmark player and, and can win organically up front. Bradley Chubb. I think if he's playing without a high ankle sprain, he can win organically up front and manufacture a lot of pressure against the passer. Christian Wilkins can do anything in the world you ask him to do. You get a strong front four, and you got instincts on the back end. Let him play in space, let him key the quarterback, and let him react. It's going to be a big change, but like if I'm removing the emotion from it and I'm just objectively looking at here are the players that the Dolphins are committed to for the next three to four seasons, and I add up their traits, and I add up what positions they play, the equation that I get at the end of the road is that this team needs to be a more zone-oriented system. And guess what? Zone coverages are easier to find, and you already got the hard part done. You got the horses up front that could rush the passer. That's just me. Uh, they were asked about Mike Gusecki, asked about the offensive line. We're going to get into both of those, but before we do, I've got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one stop for all of your sports betting info, news, and analysis. You name it, they've got it. You get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that's out there from pro football, basketball, you name it, they have it at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Mike Isecki. What are your early leanings on Mike Isecki after watching one season of the marriage between him and this offense? I think Mike did a good job. This is Chris Greer speaking. I think we have a great individual conversation with him a couple hours ago. I told Mike I was proud of him. 
He did a nice job and made some plays yesterday for us, got us back in the game. He worked through that uh, all this year. We'll see what the future holds. He's earned the right to be a free agent, but we're happy for him, and he did a nice job. I know his teammates are happy for him, as you saw when he scored the touchdown yesterday. Okay, so you can automatically eliminate the franchise tag another year for, for Mike Isaki. He's earned the right to be a free agent. It doesn't sound like we're we're going to – we'll see what the future holds. This is not language that says we're going to get a contract extension done with Mike Gusecki. And, and quite frankly, good. You know, I, I, I look back, talked at the very beginning of the show about a lot of you know, good process. I do not think franchise tagging Mike Gusecki and then holding on, waiting for an offer that was probably never going to come, and forcing an $11 million player when you could have used that cap in other ways or rolled that cap over for additional flexibility this offseason. I did not think that was good process. And you can go back and listen to the shows. Oh, when the news came out that they were showing Mike Gusecki, George Kittle clips. Okay. That's like showing me Peyton Manning clips and telling me, oh, yeah, go out and play quarterback in the NFL like Peyton Manning. And I don't say that to be disrespectful for Mike, but it's totally different skill sets. The, the skill sets are not even close. Mike is a big, linear, vertical stretch seam tight end who's a, effectively a wide receiver who lines up in the slot and can add a horizontal, not horizontal stretch, vertical stretch to a defense, get behind the linebackers. I mean, on the final play, on the final play offensively, Skyler gets outside the pocket. Mike spikes his route five yards once Skyler gets outside the pocket. And that opens the window for that ball to be undercut. It's a bummer. Yeah. And I get Mike's got to make sure he gets the first down. But he went about two yards, two yards too far, and that opened the door for the defender to come underneath and, and help break up the pass. He's a vertical stretch player. He's not an inline player. And I, I, you know, I, I do have a lot of respect for what Mike Kosecki has done in the lexicon of Miami Dolphins tight ends in the history of the franchise and how productive he has been. And I hope he finds somewhere that is a fit for him. But if Mike McDaniel and this offense is going to be where we live, like it, it's not, it's not a fit. So for Chris Greer to say, you know, we'll see what the future holds. He's earned the right to be a free agent. Um, we're happy for him and he did a nice job. I think that's fair. But the lack of chemistry between what Mike does well and what this offense needs from tight ends is, is has never been more apparent than after the full sample size of a year of watching it. And it's one of those ones where if I could retroactively go back and do it differently, I'd have taken whatever you could have got, especially with the knowledge that you were going to lose a first-round pick and then trade your other first-round pick. Capital gives you flexibility. The cap space, which you could have rolled over, would have been very helpful. But it is what it is. Uh, questions about Lee Meikenberg and Austin Jackson, uh, about those players and instincts, uh, whether or not you want to continue down that course with those positions. Uh, and, and here's Chris Greer's response. I think at every position we'll always keep uh, their two young players. And again, this would be the first offense that they're in for two years in a row. Liam showed some really good signs of playing well for stretches after adjusting to the system and get, being asked to do stuff he'd never been asked to do before. Let's skip over some stuff. Uh, it's encouraging. Uh, when you see the work that Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, 
Matt Applebaum and the offensive staff put in with him and his hard work as well. Then Austin was playing really good. This is presumably in the summertime. And then I come, then he gets hurt week one on a fluke thing. And then he comes back and has the same injury, which is a one in a million thing again. Uh, he's still young, a lot of upside, needs to keep developing and continue. But he's, they're both a part of the plan and we'll give them opportunities to grow and compete here. Grow and compete here. I saw a bunch of emotional reactions that, oh my God, they're going to keep Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson. Yeah, man, they're like they're they're cheap players in the grand scheme of things. Offensive linemen in the NFL, these are cheap contracts, and they did make investments in them. Now it will be different to say they are definitively starting players for the Dolphins next year. He didn't say that, but there is value in rookie contract offensive linemen, especially with there is this really fascinating trend, especially on the offensive interior where players, the closer they get to a second contract and as they get into their second contract, their performance on the field um, has a significant increase. There is a big learning curve and that's a hard pill to swallow for Liam because we were kind of pitched on, well, this is a high floor player. You anticipated it was going to be a high floor player. And then this offense comes around and say, okay, well, you know, he's he's more of a run blocker, so he'll have success there. He didn't showcase consistently with it, and this team still threw the ball a ton, a ton. So I can appreciate keeping them on the roster. They both have positional flexibility. I think that's valuable. They will have opportunities. Part of the plan means they're not out. They're not expiring contracts. We'll give them opportunities to grow and compete here. I think that's appropriate language because you're not just going to get those guys away from nothing, right? Michael Dieter's coming off the books and Michael Dieter couldn't get in over Lester Cotton in the, in the Buffalo game. See you later, Michael Dieter. Like they, 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 they're not interested in playing him for whatever reason. So now you have two guys who are young on rookie contracts who do have physical skills and they both have guard tackle flexibility. They should be here. You should not rely on them being starters. I would sign Brandon Shell and start him over Austin Jackson 10 times out of 10. I don't know that Brandon Shell is going to be the answer at right tackle. I certainly hope he gets another opportunity. Um, Mike McDaniel was asked about his biggest takeaway. As a rookie head coach, and he talked about the the emotions of it all, uh, and he talked earlier about how it was a marathon, right? They they were asked about Christian Wilkins and a contract extension there. They told a really cool story where uh, last week on Thursday they were in the office, they were in the football facilities, and the lights came on on the practice field. And Christian Wilkins at like 7 p.m. was out there by himself working out um, at like 7 p.m. on the practice facility. Stories like that are, hey, how can you not love Christian Wilkins, right? Um, they were asked about making some tweaks uh, to the linebacker room. Uh, they, they talked about the trade deadline deal for Bradley Chubb. 
They were asked about the time management throughout the course of the game and what happened there. I actually, I really appreciated that answer because I, I know we're, we're getting down close to it here to wrap up today. Uh, Mike McDaniel said this uh, when he was asked about the last few minutes in time management. And I think this is an important question for him to answer because it, it's going to be a theme of the offseason, unfortunately, with how the season ended. In the regular season, there was 1,084 plays offensively. It's kind of like a baseball player. A lot of them don't work with every one of them intending to work. So that's a lot of constructive criticism that I put on myself first and foremost. Bottom line is in the biggest moment, we weren't able to execute. There were compounding variables to that, things you really can't change in hindsight. There were some things that, as I mentioned before, I need to work out with the staff. The bottom line is I need to work it out with the staff. So if it became a problem in crunch time, that's ultimately my responsibility. It wasn't necessarily a lack of direction. It was more working on the nuances of communication, which starts with me. I think there's the most important thing that I took from it. I don't think it helped the situation of a rookie quarterback in his third start with a new starting running back, a new starting left guard, a new right guard, and a new starting right tackle. All of those things hurt communication probably. The way I look at things in hindsight, you learn that with men, that many new players in one game, you have to be mindful of that when you're building a plan with a lot of communication. I think that's probably the proper perspective to have. And there were times throughout the season where I thought, you know, they, they didn't, they wanted to be who they were going to be, regardless of the circumstances that they were dealt. So hearing that from Mike McDaniel, I, I appreciate as long as it is followed through on, and I'm sure it will be, and considerations for future opportunities to play games with that kind of compromised personnel, uh, if you keep that in mind. The last question was for Chris Greer. And it was, is 9-9? Nine and nine a fair reflection of this season? I said, that's a good question. You know me, I started with Bill Parcells, and he says, you are what you are. It is what it is. We had a year, we haven't had injuries like this since probably 2017. Maybe was the last time we were this ravaged by injuries. We finished where we were, but we got to the playoffs and had a chance to win a playoff game versus one of the best teams in football. That's what it is. That is an effective summarization of what happened with the Dolphins. And I think since 2017 is probably a fair assessment. 2019 had some guys go down, but it, it, it wasn't premier positions, right? Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Offensive tackle, offensive tackle, offensive tackle, offensive tackle. Corner, corner, corner. Xavier Howard gets hurt for a stretch. It is unreal. And you could do that to any team in football. And the team would not come out smelling like roses. And the Dolphins haven't. And you could talk about the process and, and investing in injured players, but I promise you some of this stuff was beyond everybody's control. And I, I think one, about Eric Fisher. Everybody was pining for the Dolphins to sign Eric Fisher in the summertime. They eventually did sign Eric Fisher, and he like didn't make it to a game and got hurt. There were a couple players like that. Mackenzie Alexander, they signed. He got hurt like a week later. Went on IR. Some of that stuff's not in your control. What is in your control is maintaining your flexibility, right? 
And um, that was my favorite moment as we wrap up here. Thinking about Chris Greer and, and his answers along with Mike McDaniel. Uh, the question was, you guys are up against the cap. Is there money for any real impact outside of signing at any position? And Chris Greer said, yeah, we always have flexibility. We've done a lot of work to make sure we maintain that. And he couldn't help but laugh. He chuckled as he said this next part, which is funny because we're, we're seeing the, the doomsday gloom and doom tweets on the timeline for this offseason. What it is right now is not what it will be at the start of the season. And he laughed. He laughed. We talked about, we did it last week. We talked about extensions. We talked about contract restructures. We talked about player cuts and player trade opportunities. They're going to make some room. And they're going to be aggressive. And they should be. You know, at some point, the gas pedal has to go down. And the Dolphins have put themselves into that stratosphere of NFL franchises where, like, you got to win now. And if you just sit here and float around through it and you maintain it, you don't spend it, you're going to look like Chris Ballard in the Indianapolis Colts, who didn't spend any money on any premier positions and regressed dramatically this year to the point where they have a top five pick and they don't have a quarterback because Chris Ballard refused to swing for one. Take the bat off your shoulder. You, you've got the young nucleus. You got a four or five year window right now. Take the bat off the shoulder and swing. You should. And understand that when you get to the end of that four or five-year window, as is normal in the NFL, unless you're the New England Patriots with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick for 20 years, you're going to take a few steps back as you recalibrate. That's just the nature of the beast. It is what it is. What it is right now is not what it will be at the start of the season with a laugh. That's my favorite moment. That's going to do it for us here today on the show. Obviously, we went a little long, but uh, with the – the postseason uh, presser, we wanted to make sure we really dove deep into what this Dolphins team has ahead of them and, and what the perspective is of the brain trust uh, that uh, we are assuming is, is going to be back once again in 2023. So, Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up, hit subscribe. Hope to see you all again tomorrow.